Perspectives with Catherine Toon. I'm going to talk about today something very practical. Um, I, I like things I can apply. I love theology, but I also like the application of theology where I live because if I walk out of a theological concept and I'm not changed and it's not empowered me to do something in my life, um, I, I just don't find it very useful. I'm not here to to kind of tickle my intellect. Um, I'm here to encounter and be changed and transformed. So we're going to talk today about the life-giving power of letting go. I've been meditating on this and, you know, there's some, some things recently in my life that the Lord is really impressing upon me to let go. And it's exciting, but it's uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, and let me just say this, Holy Spirit is relentlessly in pursuit of our hearts and our willingness and our cooperation uh, to partner with him in being conformed into the image of Christ. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. Uh, and so that means there are things that we need to let go and there are things that we need to embrace. We're talking about the letting go portion uh, today, and we may talk about the embracing portion uh, some, but uh, just focusing on this is actually really important. Now, um, my personality, uh, I tend to be very, I, I, I'm, I'm a really faithful person. So I will hang with things. If I'm going to err, I'm generally going to hang with things way too long. <laughs> um, and how we did things and maybe relationships. Not that, that we ever um, sort of reject people, but there are seasons where you run with people in a certain way, and then maybe you run in a different way, and then maybe you're just running in different directions, but we're all in Christ. We're all uh, drawn together as one, but maybe what we're focusing on and what that means uh, is, you know, is not the way it was, right? So if I'm going to err, I tend, tend to stay too long at the ball, so to speak. And this has been something the Lord has had to work with me because in my, um, just the way, the way I'm at, I felt guilty for letting go, or I felt I was doing something wrong to let go or some sort of false construct. That was actually not what was going on. Right. I felt like, well, it was not loving if I don't, you know, um, relate to this person in the same way or whatever that is. And, you know, Jesus really is Lord and, and in, in the Lordship and we're Lords. Right. But he's the Lord of Lords. And that's a good thing because he's smarter than we are. OK. <laughs> and so and in the place where he said, as you remain in me and me and you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. We can do nothing. That means in our union with Christ. God really is smarter than we are. Uh, he really is. And he's um, kinder. You know, he made us in his image and likeness. But let's just just, just, just be honest. Um, none of us has arrived in being conformed to that image. So we are as him in this world, but we are not him. I don't, I don't subscribe to the theology and I, and I, I'm not being hyper dogmatic, but I don't subscribe to the theology that somehow we're 
God in some way. I just think that is like really not correct. We didn't create ourselves. We don't operate in the same authority. Um, we are dependent on the one who created us and the one who loved us and gave himself up for us. So, um, let's, let's talk about this. Um, so in the place where, where God is Lord, um, he's a benevolent, gorgeous Lord that actually serves. So he said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. You see, I mean, God, um, really, he, he doesn't need us. Uh, he doesn't need our service. He doesn't need our worship. He doesn't need, you know, he's, he's really self-sufficient. Now, we're not, okay, but he is. However, because he's intrinsically relational, right, he's constantly in pursuit of us, our hearts, um, conforming us into the image of Christ. Holy Spirit is relentless in doing that. And that is the image of love. And so he's smarter than we are. And so we can just kind of settle down. The nice thing about it is that takes a whole lot of stuff, burdens off our shoulders that we don't have to carry. You know, if the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, and this is uh, Jesus talking about children, well, obviously he doesn't want us to be immature. He doesn't want us to be childish, but we receive as children. What are, what's the thing with children are dependent? Children are trusting. Children just receive. They don't go through some mental gymnastics trying to figure out if God is trustworthy enough or good enough, right? They just like, yeah, yeah yay, okay, that works. <laughs> and they also are needing to mature. And guess what? We're needing to mature, okay? So this being conformed to the image of Christ, this perfecting uh, process as we're sanctified but being unveiled is an ongoing process. Now, this doesn't mean you go from um, sinful to sinless in the sense of identity. So um, the truth is we do not have a sin nature. So that's already been taken care of. But what we do have is a heap of confusion. And a lot of that confusion has been brought on by religious constructs that have made us feel like we're sinners. And that is utterly um, wrong. And it is insulting to the finished work of the Christ. Now, God's not insulted. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's make sure that we're getting that correct. But truly, um, the finished work of the cross and, and the union of Christ with humanity is actually a finished thing. And, and so the, the first Adam did not do a more sweeping job in this whole concept of sin natures and fallenness, then the second Adam, who the person of Christ, is doing and redeeming all things to himself. So you do not have a sin nature, but you pro you have issues like me. Uh, and that is, we tend to do sinful things. So sinful, I look at sin as more behavior. It's not a nature. Now we are, we. I mean, human beings can act unspeakably wickedly in a depraved fashion, but they're not intrinsically depraved. Okay. And that those are the constructs in our minds 
our ways of being, our programs, um, our, our, our false identities that cause us to act in sinful ways. Okay. So this is really important. And the, these things are the things that we are to be letting go. So it, so in other words, but, but let me just say this. You're not trying to get there from here. You are already there and the Lord is revealing it and maturing it. Okay. And let me just say this. This is a whole lot easier uh, to apprehend and receive when it's, I'm not trying to get there from here. Oh my goodness. We are not called to toil. Okay. Um, but when we're resting in the fact of what Christ has already done on behalf of humanity, the people that know him, the people that call upon his name, the people that call on 500 different names, he's already done this on behalf of humanity. So what's happening is that there's a finished poor reality of who you are that was actually settled before the foundation of the earth. So Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, do the good works, which he prearranged and made ready for us to do. Okay. So that's already been settled. Our problem is, is we're confused. That's the human issue. You know, Jesus as the light of the world came to the world, but the darkness did not, uh, the light was everywhere, but the darkness did not comprehend it. It's not like their light's not everywhere. It's the fact that we're blind. Okay. And we need help. And thank you, Jesus. That's why we're one with the helper. Okay. Uh, and so that's what God is doing really in every human being. Now, let's just be clear. We're cooperating with this process to varying degrees. <laughs> so just for a second, instead of looking at everyone else and, you know, looking at the people that are, don't profess the name of Christ, I'm like, let's look at ourselves, which is where Pater is. And that is, Wow, have there been areas where I have resisted what God is doing? Was there maybe sometime yesterday <laughs> where you were resisting maybe what God wants to do or just struggling with it? And, you know, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That's not allowed. But there is revelation, inspiration, and, oh, my goodness, correction and discipline. That's not a dirty word. It's actually a loving word. God corrects because he loves us. So in that, there are definite things to let go. We're being tr to be transformed or transfigured by the renewing of our minds. Okay. So the metanoia, the renewing of our minds says, you know what? Um, there are things in how I relate to people, uh, in judgments against people, in judgments against genders or judgments against people of a different political persuasion or a different, um, you know, socioeconomic stratosphere or, I mean, you name it, like, you know, pick, pick, pick a subject of the subject, right? Where we, uh, where that judgment's going to need to, to go because we're judging on the outer, you know, God said, there's no, there's no male or female. There's no Jew or Greek. There's no slave or, or, or free, right? We're all one in Christ, right? And so with that, um, there's a mind renewal process. There's a judgment. There's things that we need to let go. There's preconceived notions about one another that we need to let go. There's judgments that we've made, um, you know, uh, in or out, right? <laughs> you're in, you're out, right? Um, you belong, you don't belong. Uh, you're sinful, you're whatever. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, we're not called 
to call a spade a spade. Listen, murder's murder, it's evil. <laughs> okay, all right? But you know what? It's important that we let God lead us and guide us in the way we need to go. So some of the first things that we need to let go um, are judgments that we've made about one another. If we're called, we have one mandate. We have one mandate, and that is to love as Christ loves. Okay? Now, that one mandate is impossible apart from Jesus. If we think we're going to white knuckle it and figure it out and empower ourselves to do it, well, give yourselves about five minutes with the first irritating person you meet (laughs) and you'll be challenged. Okay. This is all of us. Okay. So if the mandate, if the commandment of love is what we're called to do and we're being conformed to the image of Christ, who is, let me think, oh yeah, love. So we're being conformed into the image of love and empowered to love as he loves. So that means there's a bunch of stuff that we've got to let go. And and the, and the truth is a lot of times we're not even aware of what we need to let go. Uh, we need to be humble to receive that. You know what? Our latest bright idea, <laughs> ask me how I know, may not be as bright as we think it is, right? And we also have to hold loosely some of the preconceived things that we thought were just like so no-brainers. I mean, how many of you raise your hand <laughs> in, you know, social media podcast space um, uh, if you've had to deconstruct, right, and reconstruct? And you're in process and there are things you're grappling with, the things that you thought were so sure and were the gospels. That's not the gospel at all. <laughs> and so, right, and so we're needing to let go of things. When we're, we're, when we're, you know, like, well, you know, this is this and this, well, you know what? Um, we need to be led. And so there's a humility in being led by what God is doing. Now, let me just say this with God's, uh, transformational process, transfigurational process from glory to glory. Understand Christ in you is the hope of glory. Uh, you, you're, you're chock full of glory. Uh, there's, you are chock full. As he is, so are you right now in this world, including even though yesterday you may have done something that you knew was wrong. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, and, 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 and sinful behavior is really important. Why? Because it's destructive to people, it's destructive to you. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, giving us a pass, like all things are good. No, it's really not. Okay. Um, but what I am saying is that number one, we're forgiven and that there is no condemnation and we're being empowered to upgrade in how we see ourselves and how we see God and how we see one another so we can walk out this mandate of love. So that requires letting go. Now, sometimes in the letting go process, um, you know, there, there there's a whole sort of character being conformed in the image and likeness of God, of Christ. That is a universal thing. You do realize that God is, uh, that Christ is redeeming all things to himself. So there's not a human being that this is not a thing, whether they call upon the name of Christ or not. Now, do I vote to call upon the name? Absolutely. I I really do. Because we need to understand who God is. Um, But God works with people a lot of times. And sometimes, you know, he's not... He doesn't have an ego where he has to reveal himself right away. Sometimes we can't receive him. Listen, if, if, if you're born in a culture that worships another God, 
this is how you are brought up. So he's going to reveal himself differently. Okay. So we just need to be careful and, and, and put our pride aside and whatever and, and, and trust God to be God in pursuing humanity and, and having these artificial in and out type of things. Um, that's actually not how God sees things. We're all his children. Now we all need help. Okay. So it's a level playing ground. So there are times when we absolutely need to let go of our constructs in conformity into the image of Christ. We need to be convictable, not condemnable because there is no condemnation. So conviction says, you're my son, you're my daughter, you're created in my image, in the image of love, who I am. And so this thing that you're thinking, this mode of behavior, this way of being, uh, this perspective, uh, this program, this fear-based reaction to self-protect, whatever that is, conscious, subconscious, you name it, is on the table to be conformed. And God is relentless in this. Okay. So there are things we need to let go. If it doesn't look like love, it needs to go. If it's fear-based, if it's self-protective, if it's insecure, if it's self-promoting, um, all of those things, God is like, no, nah, uh, I'm after that. Okay. One, one, one way or the other. And he does whatever he's doing is what he's doing. Uh, and is as he sees fit and he's brilliant. But let me just give you a clue. If perfect love casts out fear and you're being conformed into the image of love, guess what a real problem is? Anything that's fear-based. And that is such a universal driver. Fear drives us. It drives us because they're, you know, we're afraid of lack. It drives us because we're afraid of death, which is the master fear. It drives us because we're afraid of, uh, you know, whatever we're afraid of, right? And, and so God will be after that one time or another, right? Um, and when there's self-protective ways of, he's going to be after that, but sometimes it needs healing. So, and God is understand the first attributes of love are, let me think. Oh yeah. Patience and kindness. So he's going to be patient. So sometimes you and I think, well, God, clearly you need to be after this thing, especially with this other people. <laughs> and God is like, no, we're not addressing that right now. This is what I'm addressing. And he really is masterful. So we need to entrust ourselves to be led by his spirit in what he's addressing. So what do I need to let go? And sometimes it's really surprising. Sometimes we think, well, I really need to let go of that. And God is like, yeah, probably, but I'm really focusing on this. And this is where the grace is. Whatever God is focusing on in terms of you letting go, there will be a grace on it. Most likely it will not be comfortable, which is why we fight it a lot. Uh, you know, certainly idols are not a good thing for us. Um, that's not because God is insecure and he's ticked off. It's because idols will bankrupt us. Okay, they do. It's like we're looking for this source. In, <coughs> excuse me, in something that's not a source. And so eventually we end up in a smaller version of ourselves. And, you know, they, idols promise everything and deliver gravel. The deliver may, may deliver pain, pleasure for a season, may deliver, but eventually it's empty. And so, you know, we, 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 um, they, they're bad for us. So God is after idols and those idols, let me just be clear can be really good things like, let me think, oh yeah, ministry can be an idol. A platform can be an idol. Uh, children can be an idol. A spouse can be an idol. Uh, sex can be an idol. 
money can be an idol. These are all good things, but they have to take their, their place. Uh, any, a person can be an idol. Okay. Well, people are in the image and likeness of God, but they're not God. They're conduits. Okay. So we're traveling this loosely and being led by a spirit. So he will be after that to let go of it. Now, sometimes the letting go process is a letting go of kind of what he's having you do in this season. So, you know, there are things within ourselves that we're being conformed into the image of Christ, that we are his workmanship, his poema made to do good work. So this workmanship was established, you, who you are in your truest nature, in the image and likeness of God, who is love. That has already been established. We're not trying to get there. It is a right now reality, but it is being unveiled. And that is the process that Holy Spirit is working. He is unveiling. It's the manifestation, the unveiling, the apocalypsos of the sons and daughters of God, right? That are being unveiled from glory to glory to glory. But who you are has already been established. And with that, sometimes there is a developmental process, right? So not only is it unveiled, but sometimes there's a maturation process. So let me just say this. An oak tree, little sapling, little cute little sapling, Okay, is every much as bit of an oak tree as a big oak tree, a display of his splendor. But that sapling is every much as an oak as the big honking oak with all the fruit, right? But that's a maturation process. So that's another process. So we let go of childish ways of being, okay? Childish, not childlike, childish, okay? We let go of, you know, uh, selfish things of self-protect. We let go of a lot of things and we become this oak of righteousness. We're unveiled as the oak of righteousness, a display of the splendor. We're unveiled in the image of likeness of love in our flavor. Okay. Um, as you know, as, as sons and daughters of God, that's the manifestation. And at the other end of that creation is groaning to be released from its bondage. Why? Because you need to be unveiled as you. So if you're not unveiled, there is a, um, a, a, um, a hole, uh, a vacuum in the universe. Why? Because a son and daughter was not unveiled. Okay. Um, so, um, <clears throat> so that process is something that you can cooperate with or you can fight. <laughs> okay. And let me just say this. Uh, let me just help you. The fastest way is through. Now, some of that requires healing. Okay, because um, in being conformed to the image and likeness of love, who is holy, who is whole, another word for holiness is whole. So sometimes we need to be healed because of trauma, because of, you know, um, pain. You know, if, if you suffered a lot of rejection, I guarantee you, you're not, you're not operating in ways that are in line with love all the time. Because there's pain there. That's that's a healing thing. So that may need to be healed. Uh, so there's a letting go. Okay. And so we are constantly in the process of letting go. Now, sometimes letting go uh, will look like, well, um, who are the people that are supposed to be in my life? Okay. And this was a hard one for me because, as I said, I'm, I'm very faithful. So um, I will hang with someone. Um, but sometimes God is like, 
that person is not good for you. And so you need to create some boundaries, not, not walls, but boundaries. Okay. He's had to do that with people in my life and in the places where I wasn't healthy. Um, and there was some codependency and boundary issues that was actually excruciating, but it was so good. I'm so grateful. And sometimes it's an issue of who are you supposed to be running with because you're running in the same direction. You know, there are people I don't run with today as much because they're really headed in a different direction. Some of those directions are like amazing, but it's just not where I'm being led to run. And then some of those directions are like, I can't, I can't get an agreement with that, but I can love you. Right. So I don't truncate relationship, but maybe you're not running with people in the way you were. Sometimes everything is good. The, um, the person is great. The call is great. You're just called to something else and to cleave on, or I don't mean cleave as in that, but to run with other people that are running where you are in this stage of your life. So we need to let the Lord be the one um, to, um, to lead and guide who's kind of in and out of our lives. Now, for the core people in your lives, these are the lifelong people, your spouse, your children, um, you know, um, uh, just key people, your lifelong friends. Those are core people. So those aren't subject to change unless we have Houston, we have a problem. But, um, but your running mates will probably change. Um, people who follow you may change. Like if you're a leader, there are seasons where people are called to follow you. And then maybe they're called to go somewhere else. And we need to have humility and uh, keep the stinking ego in check, right? To realize, you know what? I did my job. And now they need the grace of someone else. And that that's because you did your job, not because you didn't. Now, if they're no longer with you because there's a fence, that's a different issue. Just make sure, as far as it depends on you, uh, you're good. And if you've, and, and you've done stuff to hurt people, well, like own that and like do the steps you need to do to maintain relationship, but they still may be called somewhere else. And if the offense is on their end, well, that is honestly, I don't mean to be a jerk, but it's actually their problem. <laughs> so you need to let their problem rest with them and not take on their problem because they're empowered in their problem, not you. Okay. So we have to realize that sometimes as, as leaders, people will follow you and then there'll be a time when they'll follow someone else. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you did anything wrong. If you've done it right, chances are it's, it's a sign that you've done it right. I've had a big um, change in my team. And to my knowledge, it's, it wasn't because um, I screwed up so much. Granted, I didn't do things perfectly. But because people are called to do other stuff. Like their season to serve and their season to receive from me was at an end. And now they're called into something else and to receive from other people. And that means if, if there's not a problem, that I did my job. And so I can release them. It may make me sad, right? It's always sad to see people kind of run. But that means I did my job. That means I did what I was called to do. And I'm apostolic. I'm not trying to swash around things, but I am. So which means I create, create things in them. And then my part of my job is to empower people to do their own things, which means, oh my God, they might leave me in a way. And so if my ego's out of the way, it's like, if you have sons and daughters, 
Your whole goal is to raise them to maturity so that they leave you, not out totally out of relationship. But, you know, if they're still in the home and dependent upon you, uh, you've done something wrong. Okay. So, you know, when, when there's time you feed people and then maybe it's time that they move on and get fed by someone else. And so you hold that loosely. Why? Because people are sons and daughters of God before they were ever your son and daughter, whether that's in the natural, whether that's in the spiritual realm, relational realm, whatever that is. And so we need to hold that loosely. Okay. So sometimes your running mates or the people that receive from you or feed you, um, uh, change. Now it's really important in this whole, when we're talking about relationships and changes in relationships that we recognize that, uh, that we are healthy. And if we have done stuff, we own our stuff. And as far as it depends on us, be at peace with all men and women. Okay. Um, so that's on us. Okay. But given that aside and given the fact that we're not going to do it perfectly, if there's a fence and things like that, that's, that's a wholeness issue. Um, that is different from what God is calling you to do. If God is calling you to, uh, create some distance with someone who's toxic. Okay. So that's a wall. Uh, sorry. That's a boundary. It's not a wall. A wall shuts people off completely. That's not a God thing. A boundary is this is where I end. This is where you begin. This is when I allow you to come into my space and partake of my resources. And this is where I don't. And so that's really important. So those are all issues in that. Sometimes um, what God is causing, calling us to let go are maybe the projects that he's calling us to do or how he's calling us to do our projects. Just because there's a season when maybe you're called into children's ministry or whatever, uh, um, and, but that doesn't mean for the rest of your life, you will be in there. Okay. Uh, you may always have a heart for children. Your why, your why will not change. Okay. But how that why is displayed absolutely will change. How that is expressed will change. So say, uh, one of your whys is to, you know, um, heal and deliver and raise children, whatever that is. Well, that why is going to look different throughout your whole life, right? And so uh, it's really important that we hold on to those things loosely. And one of the ways that you know a change is coming is because the grace is lifted. Now, this is not an excuse um, to kind of drop things because it's uncomfortable, because it's a challenge, because someone is irritating the snot out of you. Okay, you know, this is why we have, let me think, oh yeah, the fruit of the spirit, okay? And so that fruit may be self-control. That fruit may be, uh, may be patience and kindness. That fruit may be long suffering, right? That fruit may be gentleness. That, so, right? So we're called to manifest that, which are the attributes of love. Um, and so that, that's not an excuse not to do that, but it, there may be a time, you know, when, when God is saying, yes, embrace this. And this is how I want you to embrace it. And you've got to, in order to embrace the new, you're going to have to let go of the old. So right now I'm being challenged in my, um, in, in the people that are working for me, um, in a good way. I'm being challenged in how I'm structuring the ministry. I'm being challenged in, in what I'm doing. And it's great. It's the next level of upgrade from glory to glory to glory so that I can fulfill what the Lord has called me to do, but it's uncomfortable. And you know what? 
you can handle discomfort. Oh my goodness, son and daughter of God, you can handle the discomfort. And you know, there is a grace. Sometimes things can actually be when you have to let them go. It can be excruciating. That's a, if, if particularly an idol or, or, you know, a very painful relationship or whatever it is. But you know what? God will enable you to do what he's calling you to do. The sons and daughters of God are led by the spirit of God. And God is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing, creating in you the power and desire to will and to work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. And what I love about that Philippians 2.13 passage, particularly in the Amplified Version, uh, is that is that he's the one empowering you to will and to work. Sometimes um, I'm not excited about what he's leading <laughs> But as I sit with it, um, he changes my heart so that I'm, I'm, I'm willing. And sometimes you need to be willing to be willing. Sometimes that's the first step or maybe to be willing to be willing to be willing to do something God is calling you to do that you really don't want to do. And, and you sit with that and God's heart's desire become your heart's desires. You know, in, in an egocentric world, which is what we're getting redeemed from, we're getting transfigured in the image of light uh, of Christ from, uh, it's about me. And so God, every place where it's, it's like, I'm not saying you're not important. I'm just saying it's not all about you or me. Okay. And so those places where we're like, it's about me, 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 me. God is like, well, you know what? I'm so taken care of it. You can actually get your eyes off yourself and maybe actually sacrifice some things. I know that's not a, a popular term. Sacrifice things for one another. He's not looking for you to sacrifice he is for him. He's the sacrifice. He's looking for you to love, which sometimes will be sacrificial. That's other giving sacrificial love. So that means, wow, maybe in a, on a small, I need to button my lip when I want to slap someone up the face. You know, what I mean? <laughs> that may be a thing, you know, um, whatever God is doing, he's doing in you, right? So he's after those ways of being. And sometimes in relationships, it means, uh, He's going to be calling us to sacrifice for one another. That's what love does. Love serves. That means it's not about me. And then love also um, receives service, right? So it's we get to do this for one another. We get to serve one another because we love. We get to love one another. That's part of the beauty of the body. And the body is breathtaking. She's just broken and confused, okay? Humanity is breathtaking. Everyone is in the image and likeness of God. They're just broken and confused. And listen, all of this is a level playing ground for every, if you've, if, if you have, and were born and have taken one breath of air, this has been a thing. <laughs> so it's a level playing ground. And so God will ask you to let go of things, maybe let go of people or how you've related to people or let go of the people that you're running with or let go of um, how you're doing things. Um, uh, habits, um, how you relate to yourself, um, all of those things, crappy theology. He's totally going to have you right. He let, so there's things we let go of so we can embrace the new. And so life is a constant process. It's a moving target. Change is constant. That means letting go is constant. So the things that, that remain are the eternal things that are the foundation for your life. So you're not freaking out and insecure. There's so much change going on and it's moving so quickly. Okay, well, we can be um, at rest and at peace because we're rooted and grounded in the person of love 
who is eternal. Okay. And he's our eternal. We're already partaking of the divine nature. We already are partaking of eternal life because we know God and we're getting to know him better all the time. And because of that, we're getting to know ourselves better all the time so we can be rooted and grounded. So when there is a shaking, a ridiculous shaking, we don't have to freak, right? He's love's not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind, right? And so um, uh, love, perfect love casts out fear. So we can rest in the midst of perplexity. It was like, I have no, I'm so confused right now. I have no idea which way, but I can rest, right? You know, last year in the 2020 with the pandemic, uh, with um, all the political upheaval, oh my gosh, and all the violence and cray cray uh, going on um, and human onks that just is out there um, and all the ways we mishandled things so crappy and all of that. Okay. God was saying this, this will be a year of shaking. This will be a year of shaking and um, but in on the other side of the shaking, um, there's massive upgrades. So if there's a shaking, that means things are shaking off, right? They're shaking off. And so we're letting them go. And so what remains is more and more eternal, more and more in the image and likeness of God, more and more uh, uh, in line with what we're called to do. And so even in the church world, well, we couldn't do church as usual, so to speak. And so we're having to learn what is the church like apart from services that we attend in person? And then how do we get back to that? How much of that do we get back? Where does that all fit in? And so God is, is, is also, um, uh, causing us to let go our former ways of being, um, and, and saying, no, this is, this is eternal. This is what I want you to focus on and embrace it. And you know, the thing is in the midst, God is so trustworthy. And if you're struggling with your trust, let me just be honest with yourself and with God. If you're struggling with your trust, that doesn't make you a bad person. That doesn't make you a bad Christian. That is a healing issue. That is an invitation to be upgraded, to be healed in, in your heart, in your probably subconscious lies that are um, that are operating, whatever that is, so that your trust can automatically be released because we're called to be childlike, um, who, and children, well-loved children trust. And so that's, that's a healing issue, but bring that before the Lord. If you're having a hard time trusting in the shaking, because we're constantly being shaken, <laughs> we're constantly being conformed to the image of Christ. We're constantly, things are constantly a moving target. The world is a moving target. And, but in the middle, we can be solid and rooted and grounded in the person of love that who is above all things, who is undergirding all things, who is drawing all things to himself, uh, and who is utterly, utterly wild about you. So yeah, you can trust him, but that, that will need some ministry in the places that feel like maybe I can't, or I'm not sure if I can, or all of that. So anyway, I hope this has been helpful for you today. Uh, there's so much involved with this topic. Um, if you are struggling, um, I'm going to recommend my Marked by Love book. A lot of you have read this. And so, yay. Um, uh, that's awesome. If you haven't read it, or maybe if you haven't read it in a while, I'm having people that are going back to this after years and going, oh, I feel like it's a whole nother book because I really help you engage with God 
specifically for you in the places that feel broken down. I have love encounter breaks uh, at the back of every chapter where you are literally engaging with God. You're, 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 um, you're, uh, uh, upgrading your ability to, to see, hear, sense, feel him, connect with him, uh, see him unveiled in the gorgeousness and the powerfulness of who he is and see you unveiled in the gorgeousness and the powerless powerfulness of who you are. So if you're interested in this, um, it's on Amazon. Uh, I have a paperback copy. I have Kindle and Audible. So those are all available to you. And then if you just want to check it out, you can go to my website, katherinetune.com. As it says on, uh, on the screen, for those of you who are getting the video portion of this, um, and you can, um, uh, go to the website and, and check out free resources there. One of which is a free chapter, chapter six, six, um, the object of God's passion. Oh, it just might make you happy. Anyway, we vote for happy in the midst of what you're letting go and the midst of what you're embracing. Anyway, thank you so much for joining. I love you guys. It is an honor and I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.